0: Welcome to the Venture Church Podcast of Venture Church in South Mississippi. Find out more about us at VentureChurch.org. Who's ready for the Word of God this morning? Yeah, I'm excited about it. Um, Excited to share with you some things that God has been showing me. I just want to preface by saying this is something I am terrible at. It's something that I'm trying to do better with and uh, some things that God's just been convicting me over lately. And then he told me, he said, you gotta share it. So, here we are. Before we dive in, let's pray. Father, I just humbly ask that you would open our eyes to the truths of your good news this morning, to be able to just be refreshed, to know the goodness of the words that Jesus spoke 2,000 years ago. I pray that you would make them even more relevant in our lives this morning. Help us to see where we fit in this and to be forever changed by you. God, I love you. We love you. And it's in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. So today, I want to take a, just a few minutes that we have together to talk about the problem of hurry, busyness, and distraction. I don't know about you, but I am a pretty busy person. Would you say so as well? Uh, we, I hear it all the time. I'll get a phone call. Hey, Tyler, I know you're busy, but, or my wife and I, we've just been going through this. We need to talk, but I know you're busy. Um, I get home late again, and my wife's like, oh, you're just too busy, right? And, and we even hear it in our greetings. What do you typically say to somebody when you say, hey, what's up? How you been? Oh, I've been good. I've just been Busy. Don't we say that all the time? And the truth is, the more busy we are, the less like Jesus we are, and the worst version of ourselves we give to those who matter most. Let me preface and say this isn't a message about being lazy and quitting your job and sending your kids to an orphanage. You just got too many responsibilities, got to get away from it all. But there is a fine line between being productive. Being a good member of society, and then just being too busy and too distracted and addicted to entertainment, i.e., our cell phones. So, a month ago, my sister called me and she said, Tyler, uh, Cameron's graduating. Cameron's my nephew. He's 18, just graduated high school. She said, I want you and Nancy and Jordan to come. And the only problem with that is they live in Huntsville, Alabama. That's six hours away. Jordan's 16 months old. The kid can't sit still for 30 seconds, much less a six-hour trip. I was like, but I would love to. We're coming. So it was a great trip. I got to see my cousins. My little boy got to meet my cousin's little boy. So they got to play together for the first time. I got to see my brother and my nieces and nephews, my sister and her kids, and uh, aunts, uncles, my grandma, it was a good trip. The only problem was, after the graduation, we had to drive home. And it's a long trip, so graduation started at 1 on a Tuesday afternoon, thanks to coronavirus and the weird rules that we got to abide by these days. Y'all ready for all that to be over, by the way? Man, what a day. I love Mississippi! <sighs> so graduation is at 2 o'clock on a Tuesday, or as we say in the South, a Tuesday. And we go out and eat at about three, great meal. The only problem was we didn't get through until four. And Jordan is exhausted. So we put him in the car and praise the Lord he falls asleep, just like that. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord is my provider, my kids asleep. Let's make it home. The only problem was we get two hours down the road, just get south of Birmingham, so just south of all the good stops, all the good places to eat, and he wakes up. And the next stop is Tuscaloosa, or as my grandma would say, Tuscaloosa. And so I think, all right, if we can just get to Tuscaloosa, we can go to God's chicken house, Chick-fil-A, get some chicken, get a good cup of coffee, and we'll head home. Only problem was, Jordan wasn't having it. He was tired of being in his car seat. He had kicked his shoes off. Nancy had put them on 20 times. He kicked them off again. He's screaming. He's throwing his head crazy. Like, who is this possessed kid in my back seat? Nancy's reading him books. He's tired of all those books she's reading him. I've played him every song in my playlist. He's tired of those. So I was like, yeah, Lord, just let us get to Tuscaloosa. And we pull in. I see Chick fil A off to the left. And I think, oh, that's a terrible idea because you can't go inside. All you can do is go through the drive-thru. I said, I ain't sitting in the drive-thru. Everybody in America goes to Chick fil A. It's wrapped around four times. It'll only take me 20 minutes, but that's too long. So I was like, maybe we can go to Walmart and just let this kid run around. Uh, we found a Target. The only problem was we're sitting at a red light. Nancy says, uh, Target is the next turn on the right. Well, the right is a long way from where I am, three lanes over from the right. And I drive a Honda Civic 2012, a couple dents in the door. Five-speed, four-cylinders. Those four-cylinders don't have a lot of ponies. This thing goes really slow. So I'm like, oh, man, ah, we got to get the target. If this kid keeps yelling, I'm going to go nuts. So I floor it. Meanwhile, it's just me. And Nancy can just feel the frustration in the car. Like, anybody else got road rage, a little bit of that? And it's just feeling the vehicle. And Nancy's like, well, I'm sorry. And I'm like, you're right. You are sorry. (laughs) It was just a mess. But we get to Target. We let Jordan out. He played with every toy in there. He licked every pacifier in there. I didn't care. He, <laughs> he walked off with a stranger one time. I was like, just wear him out. Bring him back so we can get home. But in that moment, in the car, I did not exhibit any of the fruits of the Spirit. The things that Jesus teaches about. Love. There was no love. Joy. wasn't no joy. Peace, Uh uh-uh, couldn't find that. Patience, out the window. Kindness, no, none of that. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, uh-uh, had zero of those. And the truth is, if we zoom out, we live our lives like this more than we are willing to admit. I mean, think about the car ride here to church if you had kids. Or if you had a lady that had to get a hair did, we gotta. Would you get in the car? Let's go. Where's your shoes? Let's go. Let's go, right? Don't we live like that? More often than not, there's a saying that says, "Fish are the last to discover water," like they're just surrounded by it. They're, what is water? We are so accustomed to busy and distraction and entertainment that we don't even realize it. It's just who we are. It's what we do. And I realized I had a problem when I can never take a day off and just enjoy the silence, enjoy relaxing. I sit down and I think, I can't sit down. I'm going to die one day. I got to get some stuff done. What am I sitting for? Do y'all feel that? Do y'all feel that tension? So, Uh, Back in October, the heat of the political climate, and nobody's showing love to anybody, and everybody is reacting, and I'm angry at everybody. Every person on planet Earth I was mad at. Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal, we were all dumb. I was mad at everybody. And I watched The Social Dilemma. Have y'all seen that before on Netflix? Social Dilemma? Yes. It is a must watch. If you're taking notes, The Social Dilemma, write it down. you got to watch it. But basically here here's the problem. 2007, the iPhone is introduced. 2012, Facebook becomes a social media juggernaut. We say goodbye to MySpace and Tom. We ain't want to be Tom's friend anyway. Facebook is now controlling everything. They control Instagram and so on and so forth. And so you got you got Google that has YouTube and you got you know TikTok, you got Facebook, you got Amazon. In social dilemma, it shows that The the whole crux of the industry is to keep us on our phones longer. And we can't outsmart those algorithms. They are too good. Because the longer we stay here, what do we do? We see more ads. And then what do we do? We buy something we didn't even need. Didn't even know I needed that rug until I saw it. But then I had to have it. Right? How many of y'all do that? Just show of hands. You stay there and it gets you. <laughs> I see a point, you know, all day, all day. All right, so maybe you're saying I'm not hurried. Where are you getting at? Here are some examples of hurried people. Not you, but if this applies, uh, just show you, raise a hand. You don't have to have like a proud hand raise, just a little, like we're in a business meeting, hand ra- just a hand raise of acknowledgement. How, how many of you speed on a regular basis? Just a little. Okay. The officer's outside. (laughs) How many of you frequently do not stop at a stop sign? Show of hands. You roll through it. Yesterday, I stopped at a stop sign, and I thought, this is the, I would rather get a ticket. It felt like an eternity. Please pull me over. Staying here is too long. How, how many of you text and drive? Show of hands. Now, we know we read the signs. We're not supposed to, but it's urgent. I got to respond. It's urgent. I got another TikTok notification. It's urgent. How many of you multitask? Show of hands. Multitask. Studies are showing that multitasking is a myth. Instead of giving our, our 100% of ourselves to something, we give about 50% of ourselves to multiple things, and we are a less version of who we're supposed to be. Here's, a, here, here's one that's so subtle that I do all the time. When you're in a store, how many of you look for the shortest checkout? Show of hands, shortest checkout. See, when Walmart got the self-checkout, so everybody's complaining, I was like, y'all crazy. I ain't got to talk to nobody. I get my stuff, scan, 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 pay on my phone. Or at Sam's, I just scan it on my phone, don't even have to do a checkout or anything. I got places to be. I'm in a rush, I'm hurry, I gotta go. Well, Jesus speaks to not necessarily uh, the 21st century busyness because they didn't have iPhones, they didn't know what social media was, Uh, but they they still had a problem with busy. The only thing was their busy related to a religious system. In the Jewish system, they were supposed to keep 613 commands. 613, they were supposed to have them memorized and live by them. And naturally, it was killing them. They couldn't keep up with them. And this is what sparks Jesus to have this conversation with a group of people. And his words here are more relevant to you and I today than it was for his original audience. This is what Jesus says. Matthew chapter 11, if you have your Bibles, chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Jesus says this, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Doesn't that sound nice? A little rest. Maybe some of us that have been working hard were like, yeah, I could use a nap. But how many of us need like a mental rest? Our minds just go nonstop. All the time. So Jesus, if he was speaking to us today, he probably wouldn't ask us if we were burned out on religion. He would probably ask, are you tired of your mind always running? Are you tired of going nonstop? Are you tired of always feeling behind? Anybody? Have you ever gotten anything done? Always feel behind? Always. He would ask, well, what do you ask? I lost my train of thought. Can't focus. He would probably ask if we were tired of being anxious. How many of us are just anxious these days? Like there's just an undercurrent of anxiousness inside of us. And it's just there. And we think it's normal. We think, oh, that's just the way of life. There's a pastor and author in Portland. His name's... Um, John Mark Comer, he wrote a book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. So I highly recommend. That's on my top reading list. I'm a nerd. I love reading books. If you read or like audiobooks, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry is a must. But he talks about this cycle that we get in. And the cycle is this. As Christians, we adopt the pervasiveness of hurry that our culture presents. In other words, we think we're supposed to be just as busy as the culture is. As a result, we spend less time with God. As a result, we are more disconnected from God. Does this make sense so far? Do y'all feel that? As a result, we can't tell the difference between what's the truth and what's a lie. We can't tell the difference between is this what the culture says or is this what God says? And so we just accept and we adopt to the culture and we conform. Scripture says don't conform but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. I don't have an ability to be transformed by the renewing of my mind because I stay constantly connected to everything other than the source, which is God. And as a result of all of that, I think that hurry and sin are equivalent. heard an old country pastor say one time, if the devil can't make you bad, what will he do? He'll make you busy. And it's true because hurry and sin lead us in the same place. Disconnection from God, disconnection from others, and even a disconnection from our own souls. That's why you're 50 and you still struggle with a sin or an addiction that you started when you were 15. That's why I still struggle with things that I started when I was a child. Not because I'm evil, not because I'm bad, because I'm busy. And Jesus says, if you are worn out with all of this, I have a solution. This is what he says in verse 29. And let me just say, the wording is a little weird. So I'm going to try to unpack it for us. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. So he's talking to the worn out, the weary those who are behind, those who need rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Verse 30, he says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Does anybody know what a yoke is? A few of us. Uh, So Jesus was talking to a bunch of farmers, not a lot of us are farmers anymore. A hundred years ago, that was about 80, 90% of our population. But we're in the information age these days, so we don't farm. But basically, a yoke was an instrument of work. It would go over the shoulders of oxen so that they would be yoked together, and it was a way for them to be more productive in the fields. It was an instrument of work. And Jesus recognizes that his audience is being ran ragged. They're running into the dirt. They're tired of this religious system that they cannot keep up. And Jesus says, I have a solution for you. For us, it's not the religious system. It's the busyness. It's the entertainment. It's the distractions. And he is saying, if this is your master, if entertainment is your master, it will destroy you. If hurry is your master, it will destroy you. And he says, but my yoke, my instrument is light and is freeing. One translation says that this is the the instrument of work that leads to the unforced rhythms of God's grace. How beautiful is that? The unforced rhythm of God's grace. It's unforced but it's not unlearned and Jesus wants to teach us what this is and I find it interesting that as Jesus talks to worn out people he doesn't offer them a vacation he's not saying to us quit your job ship your kids off figure out how to you know live in a cave free from all the distraction." I think as Christians, we don't don't retreat into quiet places to get away from the world. We retreat for the world so we can come back after being in the presence of God to give somebody some substance, something to hold on to, to parent better, to love better, to work better, to, to commune better, just to be better. And this, when Jesus is talking to them, he doesn't offer a vacation. Instead, he offers new equipment. You think, uh, I, I, don't need, I don't need more work, I need more rest. And he's saying, but my work is light and it's freeing. He's saying it don't have to be this way. We create, here, here's what I'm guilty of. And again, this is a message for me, I'm just letting you hear my thoughts out loud. Here's what I do. I jam-pack my schedule. Uh, I live by this dumb calendar that I created. And I block off every inch of my time. I leave no margin. So when an opportunity arises, I ain't got time for it. When a need arises, I don't have time for it. Why? I'm too busy. We do the same with our finances. So many of us live paycheck to paycheck, and then we get convicted about giving and generosity. That's a good thought, but I ain't got any cash to give. We do it with our finances. We do it with our time. Am I preaching? Does this make sense? Are y'all, are y'all here with me? Because, man, I... Oh, my goodness, I do this. And so, side note, side note, we don't have to tell everybody yes. We don't have to say yes to every opportunity. My guy Pete, he's got, he's got a saying that I will live by forever. The opportunity of a lifetime comes about every week. We don't have to say yes to everything because when we do, we are saying yes to things that are insignificant most of the time, and we are saying no to the people who need us the most. So what is Jesus offering? And what did Jesus do? When you read scripture, Jesus was, uh, you know, I mean, he's the most popular man to have ever lived. Our calendar dates to his birth. Almost every holiday we observe goes back to him and what he did but the more speaking engagements he had, the more he retreated into a quiet place to spend it in the presence of his father. The more popular he got, the more he made sure to spend time with his heavenly father. I mean, he would go from speaking in the crowd, praising him, shouting, Hosanna, giving him gifts to yelling, crucify him. He he didn't know friend from foe. He was dodging people left or right. But every morning he woke up and he spent time in the presence of his heavenly Father. And it was there that he got direction. It was there that he centered himself. It was there that he, that's where he knew who he was. He said, yeah, but he was Jesus. 100% God, 100% man. And when his time had finally come, he didn't say, oh, that caught me by surprise. He said, what? My time has come. How did he know that? He was careful to spend time in the quiet. I'm just curious, how many of us do that? Again, preaching to the choir, how many of us have been too busy to spend time with our creator, the one that knows us, the one that designed us? We're trying to find identity in a TikTok video or in a job or in a 401k, and yet we neglect the presence of God, and if Jesus, mind you, was God in the flesh, if He needed time with His heavenly Father, why am I so arrogant to think I can figure it out without spending time with God? And you say, "Oh, but I'm busy. You know, I got young kids, or I'm in school, or my job's demanding, or..." I'm I'll do it on my lunch break. I'll pray in the car. Every morning, Jesus got away in a quiet place. And I could sum up the sermon in two sentences. We're too busy and we spend less time with our Heavenly Father. But that's as simple as it gets. That's the foundation of our faith. And i'm so guilty of looking for the next thing finding this new trick this new life hack maybe i could try it this way i have everything i need in the presence of my heavenly father but this this is what i do the alarm goes off how many of you are convicted of this the alarm goes off you hit snooze you hit snooze you hit snooze you wake up at the last minute now we're in a rush we gotta go and keep in mind, we hit snooze on the same thing that delivers every piece of information that we get. So we look at the messages that we got overnight. Why aren't people even texting me at night? We got emails that we need to get caught up on. There's another video that was posted that I have to see. There's demands from work. And then all of a sudden, I was too busy yesterday. The very first thing I do is look at the source of my busyness, and then I'm stressed and live a stressed out life all day long. And then I wake up and do it again tomorrow. Sound familiar? I don't want to live like that anymore. That's not that's not the life that God has called us to live. And I'll tell you some things that I started doing a couple months back that has been transforming for me. Every morning, after I make a pot of coffee and drink a glass of water, I sit down with my Bible, and it sounds so elementary. This is what we tell our kids, but... Somewhere along the way, we get too grown up for the little things that get us to where we need to be. I pray. I journal because I got some crazy thoughts in my head that I got to get out. I'll burn it so nobody can see it, but I got to get them out of there. Scripture tells us to take every thought captive. Take some thoughts captive. I meditate. When's the last time you meditated? That's weird. That's a, that's a, that's a weird Eastern practice. Jesus meditated all throughout Scripture. It talks about meditation. And it's here where we get to hear the voice of our creator. And so to conclude this whole thing, I want to invite you to begin spending time with God before your day gets started. Put your alarm on the other side of the room, not on the nightstand. Put it on do not disturb mode. Wake up. Spend time in the presence of your father. And I guarantee you when we do that, we will begin to know more about who we are. We will be better employees, better co-workers, better owners, better parents, better children, better people. And we will have a better connection to God than we have ever had. And we won't have to go on living about what is is my purpose? Why am I here? Because God will give it to us. Let's pray. Father in heaven, God, forgive me for just being too busy and for thinking that I can figure out everything on my own. That's not the way of our Savior, Jesus. That's not the way of the one whom we follow and profess to believe in. God, help us as people to begin to enjoy the simple beauty of being disconnected from everything else, put limits on our phones, and enjoy the presence of our Savior. God, I love you, we love you. I pray that this word will be convicting for us to lead us into the path you would have us to go. And it's in Jesus' name, and everybody said. Thank you for joining us for the Venture Church Podcast. To find a campus near you, check out venturechurch.org.